You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Well, uh, good morning. It's such a joy, such a privilege to be with you here at uh, Redeemer Church London. And um, Trudy and I are actually responsible parents. We did leave our kids with, uh, with friends and family. Um, as, as Pete mentioned, she couldn't be with us this morning because we have a school commitments for our middle son who's doing a primary school graduation tomorrow. In my time and age, you did not graduate from primary school, but um, I think in 2016, things are different. So uh, lots of love from her and lots of love from uh, God's tribe church in, in Dar es Salaam. Um, what I'd like to share with you this morning on, on the back of what has been happening in your, in your church. I believe you've been in a series uh, looking at the nations and just feeling stirred to, to share with you uh, a message entitled To the Ends of the Earth and hopefully to add some more fuel to the fire uh, that God has already been stirring in your hearts as a church. We've I've been so blessed to, to spend... Uh, a week with, with uh, Pete and Nikki and their family, and the joy that this man has, his laugh, it's like infectious, and, uh, and I can just sense such joy in this church, and, and it's just such a privilege uh, to be with you. I've learned a lot about Ealing. I don't know if you know Pete very well. I'm sure you know him better, but he's a man of statistics, um, so <laughs> the statistics have been flying fast and furious about this amazing place. We did a drive last night through the city of London, and I, I, I love stats, but hey, Pete. Uh, so it's really exciting to be in probably uh, one of the most diverse places in the whole world, uh, culturally and ethnically, and um, to be able to share with you this morning about the ends of the earth is absolutely fantastic. Like my father before me, I support Liverpool. Um, I know that might be a bit of a, a bad word among you here. I think this is, is this Chelsea land. Is that also a bad word? Okay, so I'm, I'm just uh, digging a hole for myself. I'm leaving tomorrow. It's okay. Um, but, but my younger son, he's actually trying to convince us as a family to start supporting Leicester City. He, he hasn't quite got the whole... Thing of loyalty through thick and thin. He's like, well, if they're the big thing, that's, that's where we're going. Great. So on, on the 26th of March 2006, I don't know where you were on that day. It was a Sunday morning. Um, I was in the city of Johannesburg, and we were having our first elders set in place at God First Church, where I was an elder until the end of 2012 before we moved to Dar es Salaam. And Gary Welsh, I'm not sure if that's a name that's familiar to any of you, but uh, Gary Welsh, uh, a leader within New Frontiers in, in Southern Africa at the time, was one of the men that was praying for us first set of elders. And uh, he prayed for me along these lines. This is for the nations. This is not just for Johannesburg. This is for the nations. And, and I felt the, the power of the Holy Spirit come, and, and, and those words have had such a 
profound impact on who I am and on understanding by God's grace the calling that He has on my life. And even as I look across this morning, I'm like, Lord, by Your grace for the nations. But I do believe that this is not only my calling. It's also your calling. It is our collective calling. It is a calling to the nations. The church is called to reach all people groups of the earth. The church is for the nations. Matthew records that Jesus said, the keys of the kingdom of heaven have been given to the church. And, and how will the rule of God, the reign of God, come on the earth? It's through the church. Will we all go to the nations? I don't think so. But I hope that all of us will be stirred for the nations. I hope more of us will go to the nations. My hope this morning is, as I've said, to add some fuel to the flames that are already burning in your hearts and perhaps for some of you, stir those flames afresh. Why? Because the desire of God, the one we've been singing of, this gracious one whose love can never be taken away from us, his desire is for a relationship with people across the whole earth. Because the church is meant to be God's vehicle, God's means of bringing that relationship. And the church presents Jesus Christ to the world as the way to this relationship. So let's look at God's heart for the people on the earth. Beginning with the book of Genesis. So in chapter 1, we read, that God created the universe. And He creates man, Adam and Eve, in His own image. Verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. And listen to what it says there. Fill the earth and subdue it. This is the first thing God says to man. He says, My intention is to have relationship with man Across the earth. Fill all of the earth. That's my plan right from the beginning. And even though God starts in this beautiful garden, He makes His intention very clear right from the whole start. It's, it's for the whole earth. And mankind falls into sin. Mankind goes down this spiral of increasing sin across the earth. We, we get to Genesis 6. And in verse 7, we read, So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created from where? From the face of the earth. God's heart is broken. Mankind has, the depravity of man has become so terrible that God's, I'm going to start afresh. The relationship with man across the earth has broken down. So he sends a flood. But Noah... Noah finds favor with God. He's a righteous man. He's told by God, build an ark. Him and his family find themselves in this ark. Selected animals go along. They survive the flood. 
And by Genesis chapter 9, the flood is over. And in verse 1, this is what we read. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. This is the same commandment he gave Adam and Eve in chapter 1. God's plan has not changed. It's still about the whole earth. Fill the earth. We get to chapter 10 and we're given an account of the nations that were born out of Noah's three sons. And we are told they spread over the earth. We jump to Genesis 12 and we meet Abraham, this Iraqi who has his name changed to Abraham and God promises to bless him big time. And in verse 3, we read, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Are we seeing this theme of the earth ringing through? All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And, and we learn from, from Scripture that this blessing refers to the one we've been singing about this morning. It refers to Jesus Christ, a descendant of Abraham. Through Jesus, all peoples on earth will be presented with this gift of eternal life, the ultimate blessing. And so it goes, and so it goes. And we get into the Psalms. And the psalmist writes, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Oh, Redeemer Church, ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. Psalm 82, rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. And some of the prophets in the Old Testament that pick up this theme of God wanting to have relationship with people across the earth, across the nations of the world. See what Isaiah says when he foretells what Jesus and we as the church came to do. Isaiah 49 verse 6. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob. It's, it's not just about Israel. It's not just about the house of Jacob. That's too small a thing. I will make you a light for the Gentiles, the non-Jew, the non-Israelite, that you may bring my salvation to where? To the ends of the earth. It's to the ends of the earth, brothers and sisters. That's why we're here. That's what we exist for. And God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1 verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This theme to the ends of the earth, to the nations, is pervasive in the Old Testament. And as we move to the New Testament, it carries on. The echo from the old rings into the new covenant sealed by the blood of Christ. Not long before he was crucified for our sins, your sins and my sins, Jesus says, as recorded by Matthew In chapter 24, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. 
as a testimony to all nations. Whole world, all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus meant that the end of this present age, when he returns to judge the world, will not come until the whole world has been given a chance to hear the gospel. That's remarkable. So who's going to tell them? Who's going to take this message? The relationship that, that broke down in Genesis with people from across the whole earth is being restored by the gospel. That's the means of restoration, the message of Jesus Christ. And this restoration is to be made known, to be seen in the whole world, in all the nations. Perhaps you're here this morning and you haven't received the message of the gospel for yourself. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He died for every nation. Every person in Ealing can come into his great family by receiving this gift of eternal life. And if you haven't yet received Jesus, receive him today by faith. Say, Jesus, I know you died for the whole earth, including me. I receive your gift of salvation today. After Jesus rose from the dead and, and before his ascension into heaven, he says to his disciples, Acts 1 verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, where you are, and in all Judea and Samaria, surrounding regions, and to the ends of the earth. That was the plan of the Father right from the time of creation, wasn't it? And Paul the Apostle picks up this theme as well. In fact, it shaped his, his very life. He made reference to Isaiah 49 that we just saw as a basis for his own tireless work in spreading the gospel across the world. So we read in Acts 13 uh, verse 47, Paul says, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. The ends of of the earth, we, we fast forward to the book of Revelation and we get this incredible picture of heaven. And in chapter 5, John the Apostle sees a lamb surrounded by four living creatures and the 24 elders. During this conference that we've just had in, in Southampton, we, we had just an amazing time of looking at Jesus as the lamb, the lamb that was slain. The lamb that was given. And, and there's this, this incredible picture of the lamb. And there's this new song going up. And, and the song is, you are worthy, the lamb is worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language, and people, and nation. That's, that's trying to be as exhaustive as possible, saying, hey, you purchased people from every possible ethnic background. 
They're included in the people of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. And how, how are these people from across the earth going to get to heaven? Well, we know God chooses. But after God chooses, someone tells. Someone proclaims. And it's you and I, brothers and sisters, dear friends, who are the chosen ones someone will tell. That's you and me. Now, a big question that comes up as we think of the nations is, won't a focus on the nations distract us from local mission? We love Ealing. We love London. We're called to Ealing. We're called to London. This is our mission field. That's a very valid question. It's a very important question. Because you're thinking, well, doing church in Ealing, doing church in London is tough enough. Leave alone this nation's business. Oof, that's, okay, that might be for some others, but I'm not sure. Well, the first thing we'd say is, it doesn't really matter what we think. If God says it's important, it's important. Well, yeah, that's what we think, but okay, fine, that's what we think. We register that, but what does God say? We're, we're, we're people who, who live by faith, and, and, and one of the things about faith is it pushes us towards obedience. So our, our heart bent is to obey the Word of God, to do the Word of God. So if God says, for the nations to the ends of the earth, well, yes, we understand the complexity, the challenge of balancing, but we, 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 we want to do it because it's honoring to God. And then we, we, and then we must remember what the order is. Jesus is very kind to us because Jesus says to his disciples, it's Jerusalem first. And then he says, it is Judea and Samaria. And then it is to the ends of the earth. So we start with Ealing. We start here where we are. We start in London. We love our fellow believers here. We serve here. We get into community here. We get on mission down the road here. We love those in our children's school here. Those in our gym here. Those at the supermarket here. We are missionaries first right here. And we look around and we say, hey, who, who's in my mission field in my world here that I can reach? What's my Jerusalem? So that, that's, we, we start there. We give our energy here. We give our time here. We give our money here. We become fully part of the highs and lows of the local church here. And I've been so blessed to already experience such great commitment. Walking in here, people are getting ready to worship, prayer meeting, kids work getting set up, table over there. Wonderful. And God increased that. Among us. I believe then we must also reach the nations here in Ealing. This very ethnically diverse community that we are a part of. As we reach the nations in Ealing, it will fuel our passion for the nations across the earth. As we reach the nations in Ealing, we will draw people in 
for the nations beyond. So I, I was in South Africa as a Tanzanian in a church context, a family of church context that believed in the nations. I get stuck into local church there, there. I'm, 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 I'm stuck in, I'm, I'm sacrificially living, hopefully, by the grace of God. But then as, as one gets caught up in that, God begins to stir. Hey, there's something bigger, something wider. So I believe as we, as we do mission here, as we reach the nations right here where we are, God will open doors, great doors. As I've been thinking about London, I, it's just an amazing city, an amazing nation, and watching some of the, the debates on the referendum, quite vigorous. I don't think we're that vigorous in Africa, you know, when we uh, debate politically, like, whoa, can you say that? Okay, I guess that's democracy. Uh, but just a sense of a nation that is trying to define itself, a nation that is maybe redefining itself. And, and, and I feel like the Holy Spirit would say, God has already defined the United Kingdom. You are the United Kingdom called by God to, to get on His mission for a greater kingdom. To get on His mission to unite things in heaven and on earth. To be about an eternal kingdom that will not pass. That doesn't depend on referendums and constitutions. An everlasting kingdom, His kingdom. That's how God has defined this nation. I feel there's, there's, there's coming a season in God, way this, where that, that reality of the role, it's, it's like this great nation of the past politically, struggling, where do we fit? I think God wants us to be a great nation of the future spiritually. So is it, is it, Jerusalem, or is it the ends of the earth? It's both. And we live with this tension. We say, God, we trust you for grace. God, we trust you for wisdom. God, we're going to be stretched, but we know you will help us because this is your plan, this is your desire. The Apostle Paul describes the church in Thessalonica as a model church. So, so we see them as a church that was strong in local church expression. Local church, really strong. So we, we read um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse, verses 3 to 4. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. This was such an example of local church. Growing faith, love for each other is evident. Perseverance in the face of trial. I want to be part of a local church like that. It's amazing. 
but they were also strong in spreading the gospel beyond their region. So we read Paul's first letter to them, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Really? I mean, strong local, but faith in God is known everywhere because of us? Yes. And the Greek word there translated rang out refers to the sound of a trumpet. The gospel is being trumpeted out. American uh, theologian Albert Barnes, he says of this verse, the apostle commends them in such a way as to make it certain that they were voluntary in the spread of the gospel, that they made decided efforts to take advantage of their position to send the knowledge of the truth abroad. If so, this is an interesting instance of one of the first efforts made by a church to diffuse the gospel and to send it to those who were destitute of it. There is no improbability in the supposition that they sent out members of their church, messengers of salvation, to other parts of Macedonia and Greece, that they might communicate the same gospel to others. Thessalonica was connected not only with Macedonia and Greece proper in its commercial relations, but also with the ports of Asia Minor, and not improbably with still more remote regions. The meaning is that in all the places with which they trafficked, the effect of their faith was seen and spoken of. What a church. Phenomenal. Strong at home. Strong in sharing the gospel in other parts of the earth. London is one of the most strategic cities in the world. One of the most important cities on the whole earth. From here, the gospel can ring out across the earth. Dare I say, it must ring out across the earth. Coming into the next part of this uh, morning, uh, this message, and pushing towards closing. Um, I want to look at how Redeemer Church London can get more involved in spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I use the word more because I believe you already are. Just trying to add some, some fuel to the fire. We can get more involved by asking God to break our hearts afresh for the nations. I believe that's been happening already through this series you guys have been going through that comes through allowing the word of God to penetrate our hearts, being open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. A heart for the nations, I really believe, comes through prayer. I encourage you to really be 
prioritizing prayer for the nations. There's something that happens when you pray for somebody, pray for something. It's like God, God does something in your heart. Ask God to give us a heart for the nations. Pray that God may send out workers into the harvest field. As Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 9. And be open that you may be the one he wants to send. Pray for open doors for the gospel to be proclaimed. And for the gospel to spread rapidly. Those are things Paul prayed for. We see that in his letter to the Colossians and to the Thessalonians. Rapid spread, open doors. God is the one who makes a way for the gospel. So we we come to him praying, praying, God, make a way. God, open doors. God, may your gospel go forward. For us in Dar es Salaam, um, at the moment, we are seeing doors beginning to open in Bujumbura, which is the capital of Burundi. I, I had a conversation about Rwanda earlier on, Burundi's next door. We have a couple in our church, Johnson and Alida. They're from Burundi and thinking of going back and planting a church in that city. It's a nation in turmoil right now. It's been a really sad year for that nation and trusting that somehow God would open a door for us to get into that city, get into that nation. We're also beginning to sense perhaps God is leading us to Arusha. That's another city in East Africa. That's in northern Tanzania. It's a very central city. You have Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, Burundi, Tanzania, all surrounding this city. It's the headquarters of the East African community there. And somehow we feel, ah, God is stirring us. What do we need? We need a leader, someone who's, I will spearhead a team into that place. We already have a family moving there next month saying, could a church happen? Saying, God, without, without a team, without leaders, please pray, please pray. We need prayer. You can pray for me personally. I'm, um, I'm an elder. I've been uh, a marketplace church leader for the last decade. It's been a real joy. But really sensing God wanting me to go full-time now. Um, our ducks are not all in a row. <laughs> I'm like, really, Lord, you want me to go full-time now at this stage in the life of our church and family? Wow. But really having peace about it, please pray that God would provide the resources that we need, the peace of mind, and just he would make a way. I would encourage you as a community, in addition to trusting God for this heart and for praying, to, to train people who can get into church planting. For us, that means... Um, getting on to the Advanced Church Planters course. I, I did that course. Um, I'm hoping Johnson can do something similar. Look at the context we're in here and see what works. But we've got to be really front-footed about training, equipping people to actually go and do the stuff, teams of people to go and do the stuff. And then I'd say partner with like-minded churches that are in other nations, that have a heart for the nations. For us, that means being part of 
advance. We think it's a powerful thing to be part of something bigger, to be on mission globally with brothers and sisters from all over the world. See how God leads you in those kinds of partnerships. He has a plan for this church. The Prince of Preachers, the great London preacher of the 19th century that was made reference to earlier on, Charles Spurgeon. And I'm going to end with this. He came to faith through Isaiah 45, 22. This is one of your own. <laughs> what does this verse say? It says, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. And, and reflecting on how he found salvation through this verse, uh, Spurgeon says, the nations have been looking long, first to this thing, and then to that, to save them. But the Lord of hosts hath willed it that nothing shall save the nations but himself. And this poor bleeding earth needs to be told again and again that for her wounds, and she has many of them, there is no healing liniment but that which flows from the hands and feet and side of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Redeemer Church London, arise for the ends of the earth and proclaim the gospel. May God do great things across the nations right here in Ealing and across the earth through you. Shall we stand together? I'd love to pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is so precious, so beautiful, so powerful. And Lord, we pray that in the moments that we have looked at your word, something supernatural would have happened in every heart in this place in every person in this place, Lord, stirred for the ends of the earth, stirred for the nations. Thank you for the nations right here in Ealing. Lord, empower us to reach our Jerusalem in greater measure. Convict us, God. And Lord, beyond that, empower us to go to the ends of the earth. Lord, we ask that this would be a mighty church in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, a mighty community that is strong in local church, growing in faith, growing in love, enduring in persecution, serving one another, loving each other, giving sacrificially to the mission here, whether it's through time, energy, or finance, but God fully committed here, but also at the same time, radically on mission to see the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Father, we ask this in the mighty name of our Lord 
our Savior, Jesus. Amen.